They got to win early and often and do it in dominant fashion, just in my opinion. Because McCarthy, he did struggle last year with clock management. You know, Dak having a full offseason, not having to deal with an injury, going to help that camaraderie on offense. And that Mike McCarthy's got a new guy in his ear when it comes to clock management. Now, I think everybody kind of views him as coaching for his job because of the amount of talent that the Cowboys have on that roster. Anything short of a Super Bowl is unacceptable for them at this point. Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. And that was RG3 talking about the Cowboys' biggest storyline this year, and that is, hey, they got to win. They got to win at a higher level. They got to win in the playoffs because there is a guy out there who I think Jerry Jones would love instead of Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton. And saw some rumors today about the Panthers would be all in to get Sean Payton. Not as a attractive a job. Keep in mind, I don't know if it all be done. Yeah, it'd probably be done by next offseason. There is a chance that another there's you know, there's so many people who are in the the, the family tree by marriage or direct, the Walmart family. Mm. So there's a, a Walton, I think it's Rob, who's worth like fifty is he fifty billion? So I can't keep track of the the rich folks. Whatever he would he would walk in and be the richest owner in in uh, football. He and he's trying to buy the Broncos, right? Now I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to be in for a quarterback. They're not going to be. But it wouldn't it be fascinating? And what I was building towards is David Tepper, who's the owner of the Panthers, is actually the richest owner right now. Wouldn't it be fascinating if Jerry Jones couldn't outspend someone to get what he wanted? That Tepper's like, let's keep going. Like you're rich. I'm 50 billion rich. Yeah, let's I'm go. getting Sean Payton. As we used to say back in the day, big bank take little bank. Let's go. <laughs> Is that what you used to say back in the day? That's what that's what they used to say Sunday Your night. Your birthday was yesterday. I mean, uh, Easy you know, Turbo. Let's let's Happy not, 29th. This apparently. is not a birthday show, Stephen. No, it's not. We don't celebrate birthdays. Uh last uh, no, Sunday nights at Fuddy Duddies. That would be the thing. And, and the, yeah, the tables would be loaded with 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 the with the boys playing either tunk or spades, and it would get heated. And they say, "Okay, well, you know, big bank take little bank. Let's go." And whoever had the bigger bankroll, if if they accepted the challenge, whoever had more money in their pocket took the other person's money. Period. Done. Damn, that's yeah. humbling. Yeah, I don't play those games. I'll probably lose every time. I got lint and change. Raiders making some moves at quarterback. Uh, Stiddy. Jarrett Stidham, who looked like he could be in the mix. You know, this is before we knew Brady was gone for good, and they drafted Mac Jones. So Stiddy is now a member of the Patriots. Is it Jay Stiddy? We got I don't know what. I don't know what. I mean, I think we're just going to go with Stiddy. It's just a, you know, it's a good, good name. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, quarterback, Auburn. Garrett Gilbert is out for now. Hey, I just go back to that uh, post-draft press conference. When Ziegler and McDaniels were up there and said every every uh, not receiver every I had receiver on the brain because I think this contradicts it but every position there's a competition going into OTAs and that's what they had said because we were talking about the running backs and drafting um, you know drafting a couple of running backs and, and not extending Josh Jacobs so um, I personally think that there's no competition obviously with Devonte Adams and obviously with Derek Carr but for the backup role there's now a competition. And, you know, got Nick Mullins in there. And now we have Jay Stiddy. 
I may call him that when he comes in for OTAs if they interview him. <laughs> like a quarterback day, if they say, you know, say, yeah, Jay Stiddy, uh, Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press. And then just fire. See, see how he reacts. Yeah. Sure. All right. Patriot way, though. Right? Well, he hasn't said a whole lot about the quarterback position because he doesn't need to. And I'm talking about Josh McDaniels. He did mention briefly that um, he does always like to have a project in the organization, a quarterback, and Jared Stidham is still a project. I'm just going to say this. It's so my just, guess is he could stick around as the third stringer and sure. then work with him and see what happens. And here's the thing. we, In a sense, we keep being snarky and sarcastic and saying the Patriot way, the Patriot. But you know what? If he's set at the quarterback <laughs> position, this is what he wants to bring in, yeah. and he's familiar with the guy, and he's an offensive mind, then screw it. At least he's at least he's familiar with the guy. You just here's the thing. It's not a matter of okay, you're doing things the Patriot way or bringing in coaches that you know you're bringing in players. You better do something with them. But if that's the route you want to go, and you're you're bringing in figures, personnel, coaching, and players that you're familiar with, hey, good on you. But but develop and establish. I don't have really a problem with it. So schedule release for the NFL, officially all of it is out. There's been a lot of leaks, and week one has been released. But the entire schedule coming up after 5 o'clock, we'll have that in the Big Five at 5. We know this. Uh, according to Raider Nation Radio 920's Heidi and Vinny, yeah. um, week one for the Raiders will be on the road yep. in L.A. at the Chargers, so division game right out of the gates, which is kind of normal. Uh, week two, home opener here at the Al. Arizona, no DeAndre Hopkins. Nope. No DeAndre Hopkins. So nope. that's that's week two. Why do you think this has become such a big day on the sports schedule? Not just, you know, we're talking, we, it's big locally because we want to find out who the Raiders are playing. Well, we already knew who, but, you know, when and where all the Raiders games are, are going down. But why do you think this is such a big thing nationally? What was the number one question that we had to ask? We're not had to, but you always closed every interview with leading up to the draft. We asked every single beat writer that we spoke to from every team, right, covering each team. We ended the interview with what question? Generally, uh, what's your pick on wins over under for your team? And in reality, you can't really answer that question legitimately, and I would think Sharps look forward to this day because – we can sit here and say, okay, the win total for is eight and a half for the Raiders, but in reality, if it comes out where, you know, they got three specific road games or they're going east, home, back to the east, if they got to stay out, whatever it yep. is, yep. Uh, teams are going. I think that when the layout comes to in pictures, yeah. when we see it in the clear picture, you have a better idea of now you can sit there and go, okay, you know what? If they win this game or if they can come out of this game with the win, then they can challenge the division contender. Well, the Raiders can beat this team and come in with a three-game winning streak. Maybe they can go to Kansas City hyped up and win. But if, if they got four tough games in a row and they got to travel to Kansas City, I don't know. Now, now, now they come into their bye week losing five in a row. So there's a mind process there where I think that the NFL, I think that the broadcast networks are well familiarized with yep. win totals and how important this is to sports bettors and their sponsors. How many sponsors are we going to see tonight on the NFL schedule release? They're, they're, you know, a commercial for whichever book. And I think it's just as important, if not the big reason, why this has become a big promotion, just like the draft. You wouldn't bet the Cardinals without knowing the official schedule and how those first six games fall without DeAndre Hopkins. And the bigger one go. is you wouldn't bet the Browns over under until you see what they got in those first six, eight games because Deshaun Watson may not play. There you go. So if they have if they freaking – Bury them with super tough games early. Yeah. It's going to change everything, right? Exactly. 
So gambling rules the roost. The NFL once looked down upon gambling in Las Vegas, and now they're building their broadcasts. Draft, schedule release, Las Vegas, sports betting, baby. Coming up, we're going to uh, check in, we hope, with uh, running back from the Chargers because uh, that is the opener, right? That is the opener. Austin Eckler, one of the stars of the league, big star on social media as well. We're expecting him right here on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. This one is complete to Eckler on the near side of the field and out to midfield and still going. There are three guys all bigger than Austin Eckler and they couldn't bring him down. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Greg Gumbel, CBS, on the call. God, it is funny. The NFL's always been big, but like the last five years, I feel like it's just exploded to another freaking level. Now, for us, it's, it's always been big since we have a team here. It's massive. But schedule release day yeah. is like one of the top ten days all right, let's not get crazy, but the games are, the, are in the top 10 days, but whatever, top 20, 25 days of the year Why for the national. Because I think game days are bigger than schedule release day. Although, you know what? I think game be- because, days. Because, I- because, like you said earlier, gamblers get in. Now they know what's going on. Um, fans get to plan trips. That's a big thing. I know Adam Hill was talking about that yesterday, that people have been hitting him up about the schedule. Like, dude, well, you know, I want to come to town. Do you have a leak on this? When's the game? Um you know, that coveted trip. There's a lot of good trips for the Raiders and Raiders fans. Yeah. Uh, one of them that could have gone bye-bye and could have been in the U.K. was the Saints game. That's not happening. It's in New Orleans. I think, looking at leaks, I think that game is on October 30th in New Orleans. But first trip for the Raiders and Raiders fans is going to be to L.A., SoFi. They're playing at SoFi twice. They play the Rams as well against rival the L.A. Chargers, that's a good game to open the season, especially since it closed the regular season last year. And Austin Eckler is a member of the Chargers, one of their stars. Running back is up with Cofield and company here in Las Vegas. How are you, sir? Hey, what's going, what's going on, y'all? Appreciate uh, you having me on. We are we're sports nerds. That's why we do sports radio. We are so fired up for the schedule release. I, how do you guys look at it? Are you just like, hey, just tell me the schedule, or can you like, do you feel the energy? Do you care? Um, I don't even know who we're playing next week. A lot of times, I just know <laughs> who we're playing on that Sunday, so <laughs> I don't care at all. <laughs> okay, so do you know you are playing the Raiders in the opener at home to start the season? That's going to be lit. It is going to be lit. Uh, the end of the season was kind of lit. There might be some, uh, you know, some leftover business to get done, I guess, right? Hey, not, not leftover, but new business, right? Okay. It's a new year, so uh, we got a lot to look forward to for sure. Austin, before we unpack, you know, we got a lot to talk about with you. Obviously, we, we appreciate you coming on, but I, I was really intrigued in bringing up your foundation as, a, as the father of somebody who bare-knuckled and, and pursued his dream of opening a gym, wrote out a five-year plan, and actually executed it from 2015 to 2020. Your foundation is based around that, quote-unquote, creating more opportunity for people to fulfill their passions and lives. It's somewhat of an area that someone in your position that may overlook because they want to look at so many other areas to help out. Talk a little bit about what you do for people to help fulfill their dreams. Yeah, um, so as of just grown into you know the Chargers community in LA it's really kind of just showing me the support that the community's given me 
and I really wanted to give back. And I really thought back to my childhood and what allowed me to be to the place that I was today, and it really came down to just opportunities. And not opportunities that are like, hey, here's you know a tryout or anything like that, but just the basic needs of like having a gym available, having support from coaches and equipment to play the sports. And so there's communities out here um, all over the world, obviously. Um, but, you know, in L.A. where I first got my start, that don't have the basic needs um, that you would think everyone should have. Like, for instance, we I built a weight room for uh, Santa Barbara uh, High School. We also were in Watts implementing washers and dryers in schools that had higher uh, homeless populations where – Students' families were living in cars or assisted living and didn't have access to washers and dryers and have given a lot of school supplies, just things that are basic needs in my mind that people should have, that people need to at least get themselves an opportunity to get started in life. And so that's what we're really focusing on. For you, when did this become a big thing to give back? Um, I think when I started to get a platform and started having so many people asking me how my journey was and how like how I made it to this, this far in my life, um, coming from a really, really tiny town um, in Colorado, a little, a little farm town. And so that kind of made me start realizing, like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I'd, I'm on to something. Maybe, I, you know, people are finding inspiration for my story. And so I think that inspired me to try to give back. Austin Eckler, running back from the Chargers, is with Cofield and company. It's the opener of the season for the Raiders on the road at uh, SoFi. Um, did that also lead you to be – more cognizant of connecting with fans because you're you're very good on social media with fans yeah man uh, that's really where it all stemmed from right is is the interaction with fans and I, i'm literally i feel like there's not enough connection so i literally set out and now i've been developing this app for the past like nine months um that allows people that have a following to connect with their fans more in different ways so it's called experience it'll be coming out um here in a few months but that's how serious I take fan engagement, that I went out and literally started an app so we can do it better. <laughs> and and, you, and by the way, it's Ek experience, right? It's EK at the beginning? Yeah, EKS yeah. instead yep. of uh, EX. Yep, yep. Yeah, Ek experience, um, yep. I'll give you a personal story of how big fan engagement is. So I live in a, I live in a very conflicted household, right? Um, I'm a Jets fan. You know, don't feel bad for me. Um, but my, <laughs> my girlfriend is a longtime Chargers fan. And, dude, right. I'm telling you, I don't know what she – like. She told me some story about a week ago where she's like, uh, she made a comment on some post and you liked it. And she was like, oh, my God, yeah. Austin Eckler. I'm like, okay. I, I'm like, that's awesome. But, I mean, it really, it, it really is important to people. It's, it's it nuts the way people react. It makes a difference, man. Yeah, it does. Like, I want fans to know that I appreciate them so much because I remember when I was in my small town, I really didn't have – I had support in my small town, but now I feel that same love from, you know, a bigger stage. And it just – it makes my life so much more fulfilling. And so that's why I try to give back. Right? I just did a meet and greet today uh, with a bunch of fifth graders um, out in California, like on a Zoom call. I have another live Zoom call tonight meeting a fan that I did a giveaway for. So that's it awesome. just it makes me happy to make other people happy, and then we're both happy. And so it's like, yeah, why would we not keep doing this you know, all the time? Austin Ackler, yeah. one of the stars of the NFL, stars of the Chargers playing uh, running back, uh, you know, monster season. Last year, I'll give you. I'll give you a question that she would. Uh, she'd like to hear because she's from LA, but she started rooting for the Chargers when they were in San Diego. You're not going to get in trouble because you're on Las Vegas. What do you like more? <laughs> what do you like? Do you actually do you like LA more than San Diego, or vice versa? So people don't understand that we have been in LA for five years now. 
And my career is five years long, so I've only been in L.A. Yeah. That's so a good point. I have, I, I have nothing to compare to. I've only okay. been an L.A. Charger. All right. I like both cities, but she's, uh, she's from the Valley, so she's, uh, she loves L.A. Ah. And, and, and one of the things that she does, she gets fired up about, I don't want to make the whole interview about my girlfriend, but one of the things she does get fired up about is the notion that you guys have no fans, and Raiders fans love saying that the Chargers have no fans. <laughs> I feel like that's because every time we have a Raiders game, it's like 70% like black jerseys everywhere. Um, it's not that we don't have fans. It's just we don't have as many. Let's yeah. say that. Let's yeah. say that. <laughs> like, we definitely have some diehards out there, uh, and we love the support. Like, I obviously feel the support from them. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're in a new place. we got to earn our stripes up here in L.A. It's a hard, it's a hard industry to be um, in the entertainer, or it's a hard place to be in entertainment because there's so much going on. So. Yep. And then the Raiders were there for, you know, a good 10, 12 years, uh, really more than that, you know, 40 years ago, so there's time to make up. I will tell you this. I did see someone tweet earlier um, about the Raiders' schedule because so the Raiders are playing you guys week one, uh, the Cardinals here in week two. Someone tweeted – back-to-back home games for the Raiders to open the season. How lucky are we? That's actually Jerome Illuminor, one of the linemen for the Raiders. How about that? Oh, man, oh. nice. I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's so funny. Like, people take this stuff so seriously. But to me, like, I, I honestly don't care who's at the stands. Like, I just – obviously, I'd like it to be all Chargers fans. Um, that's not going to be what it is. But I just need the energy, like – my favorite sound coming into a stadium is actually hearing a bunch of people booing me. Like that just gets me. Really? There's no other sound that gets me more fired up than that. Like even my own fans cheering, like that's great. But the sound that like people are like wanting us to lose, that like that really gets me going. So bring it on. So Austin, let me ask you. You at the, at the top of this, you said that you barely know who's who you're playing next week. It's all about the next, the very next game. That's what you're focused on. I'm curious because last year when the Raiders came down there for a Monday night game in which you went off, 15 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown um, rushing. I think you had a receiving touchdown as well. That was also in the midst of all of the Gruden stuff. It, they, had, they had lost the week before, and then they come down there. When you're focused on the game – and, and, and the system and the defense you're about to face, but do you also, do players take in consideration what your counterparts might be going through off the field mentally dealing with in a situation like that? Do you take that in consideration as far as when you see your opponent? I mean, not necessarily. Like, I mean, <laughs> what are we going to, we can't study that. and We can't, like, there's no action that we could do to, you know, take advantage of that. So you don't really, you know, I guess see that as, anything that's going to help you, I guess. I mean, they, the Raiders went through a lot last year, man. Like, yeah, they definitely went through a bunch. But at the end of the day, they still showed up and played ball, and that's what it's about, too. So if it can't give us an edge, then it's not really something that we're going to try to focus on. Really, it's just, hey, we got to be more technical, technically sound than they, than they are, and we'll end up winning the game. So I would say no. That being said, a lot has been made about the – off-season acquisitions that your team has made, and you had a very emotional season-ending game that went the Raiders' way in overtime. Um, when you look at a division rival like this and the moves that they've made with the new coaching regime, what are your thoughts on what the Raiders have done this season, this off-season? Yeah, man, they, you know, it seems like every every flipping day for, you know, a week or two there, it was something in the FC West getting done at some major deal, whether it's people leaving or staying, and so uh, one thing about the AFC West right now is we are definitely uh, a competitive uh, conference. <laughs> you know, the Raiders, they brought in, yeah, obviously, Devontae, um, and then Chandler Jones, I believe. 
Um, So, I mean, two playmakers, right? Two guys that are at the top of their game and and still have some years left. I'm excited to play him because in my my eyes, it just validates our conference. Like, hey, if you can win in the AFC West, like, you're real. So I like it. Like, like, Like I said, we did the same thing. Bring it on. Like, if we can win over here, it's showing the rest of the entire league. Like, okay, yeah, this conference or these, this team's real. So, looking forward to it. Chargers running back Austin Eckler on Cofield and company. What do you think of your offseason? And, uh, you know, what do you know about the guys who have had a chance to meet? J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, and others who have been added to the squad? Yeah, you know, it's it's the same thing every single year. Um, you know, when you, you're changing up teams, things like that. We brought in some guys with some pretty good track records. So, looking forward to having them on the team. I haven't been at OTA, so I haven't met anyone yet. Uh, of the new guys, but you know, when you have some some guys that are hyped as much as these guys, I mean, it's hard not to be excited going back into into training camp. And so it's it always it always uh, gets shown when we start playing, right? Time will tell. Because um, on paper, you know, things look good, but that's not how that's not how football is played. You got to actually go out there. So right now, I think we're giving ourselves a good chance, and uh, that's all we're looking for at the beginning of the season. Hopefully, we can ride it out and make it into something. Austin, I wanted to get you in on a conversation we've been having about the changing guard at head coach. And I call it kind of the, the nerds versus the big galoots, like the traditional big, you know, growly, fire and brimstone football <laughs> coaches versus a guy like your guy. And maybe I'm wrong on your guy in Brandon Staley, but, you know, tell people about Staley and kind of that whole, you know, he's, he's, he seems to me to have a much different approach than your traditional screaming, yelling, intimidating football coach. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he definitely has his, his way about him as far as, you know, getting his message across, but it's not, yeah, it's definitely not the screaming. It's more of a, a serious note. And, like, I mean, we take this job very seriously, so we're bought into his vision, especially after, you know, he, he would have a team meeting and kind of just, like, give us the entire game plan, offense, defense, special teams. And then we had a couple games at the, early on in the season where we pretty much were right on the game plan, and we ended up, ended up winning the game based on the game plan. So that gained a lot of respect for him and our, and our entire organization really quick. Um, and he's got some untraditional things about him, which we kind of like because he just shows that, man, he has so much trust in us as players and the way he talks to us. Like, I've never had any more enter- entertaining um, team meetings that I had with Brandon Staley. And it's not because he does anything, like, flashy, but it's like he is so knowledgeable about the game. Like, it's super interesting to show, see what he's showing as far as film and comparing it to what we're going to be doing in practice this week and how it's going to help us win. And this is going to give us the edge and just the things that he puts together and the way he presents it is just so intriguing. Um, and so I'm definitely a proud, like you said, he's like one of the nerds. Uh, he's definitely a football nerd. Uh, he's just a sports nerd too. He'll bring up basketball clips to teach, you know, like lessons and stuff like that. So definitely a guy that, you know, he knows that the younger generation, like we have new things that are going on. We have a lot of technology. So he applies that, you know, so it's been a great time, uh, you know, as far as my first year with him. I can't imagine analytics and studying pregame goes into making fourth down decisions. They have to be spot on the on the fly. I have a feel. I have a gut intuition, but it also shows the confidence, as you mentioned, that trust. How much do you love that? Fourth down, let's go, because there's more times than not with you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's a love-hate relationship, you know. <laughs> uh, it's a love-hate, you know, but when it's fourth down, no, there's no doubt in my mind we're getting it. Um, but at the end of the game, you know, if you do or don't get it, that's going to determine whether you like the call or not. It's one of those where it's just like the results will, you know, uh, tell you how you actually feel. Uh, but, no, I love the confidence. We have the playmakers to make the plays. Um, so I thought anyway, right, so we all think um, the Chargers, but it comes down to us actually getting it done to, to prove it. 
What do you uh, What do you think of uh, the Chargers drafting you know two gigantic running backs? One who's two fifteen, and the kid out of Purdue is like two thirty. Yeah, yeah, we got a fullback and a running back. No, we there's seven of no, yeah, eight, like eight of us in the running back room now. So, uh, you know, we were talking about that the other day. Um, I still get on the meetings and everything, and you know, there's going to be six running backs. And I, I told the guys, I was like, look, guys, like, don't sleep on these guys because whoever comes in at six string, that was me. Yep. Like I, I was that six string guy, and I, now look where I am. Now I chip my way up. So you better bring your competitive edge. I said, I know you all are coming for my jobs. I love that. I need y'all to earn some more playing time. Help your boy out because you know I'm going to do my thing. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to competing out there. It's going to be fun. I want to see these young guys coming here and uh, get an opportunity to show what they got. Find out about the uh, Austin Eckler Foundation and the experience at AustinEckler.com. We'll close on this. This is a big foodie show. We all think we can cook. We all can't. But um, give us a skinny here. Give us a skinny. Uh, I hear about the victory brisket. Can Justin Herbert actually cook? Is he good with the smoker? Is it just dry as hell? How is he? I haven't been over to the victory brisket. That's the, that's the brisket boys thing. You know, they got, they got a little group. They got a name for themselves. You know, that's, that's their little thing. But uh, I'm not sure he has a cook for me yet, but I'm sure it's bomb. <laughs> well, we appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us. And uh, I know you got to, you know, you, like you said, you have another convo coming up a little later tonight. And I really mean it. You, uh, your interaction with the fans means a lot to people. So thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate y'all time as well. There he is. One of the uh, great success stories in the NFL. Smaller guy was not expected to, to make waves in the National Football League, and now he's one of the top five running backs in the league. And I did not go fantasy geekdom because I actually did have him last year. I was very frustrated, very frustrated with the COVID policies. So my team was awesome, and then I got screwed at the end of the year because Eckler could not get a negative COVID test in time. I forget what week it was, week 13 or week 14. Yeah. Didn't play, so. Not his fault. No. That was the, it was the way the system who tested positive like a little too late in the week. You didn't have time to – basically, you had to test positive on Monday or you were cooked. Did you? He, he might have uh, – I'll have to look it up. But I, I know, uh, I know it, was an, it was an important game for them in the season, too, that he had a miss. Well, I'm glad you didn't get, go the fantasy route. Did you get all the questions in for Deb? I did. Okay, good. Yeah, I got him right. in. Okay, good. And I, I kind of made those up. I, she, she didn't actually request anything specifically. So Don't try to save face. Your lady dictated that that interview. Not, not really. Not okay. really. Whatever. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she will ask me, though, later. She's like, what would you ask him? Oh, she's going to want you to. You're did you mention, ready, did you mention me? Because generally it's uh, we'll get Sean Merriman on like four times a year, and she's yeah. like, did you mention how much I like him? I'm like, well, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. We have to do a sports radio show. <laughs> uh, coming up in 15, Brad Powers going to start uh, helping us uh, break down what this schedule release in the NFL means for picking, especially over-under win totals. Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh instead of cry. I'm going to take the town and turn it upside down. I'm going to live, live, live until I die. They're going to say, what a guy. I'm going to play for the sky. Ain't going to miss a thing. I'm going to have my So it's funny, during the break, we were just talking about who listens to the show, who doesn't, you know, in terms of uh, significant others, family members, all that. Uh, We know Willie listens because the other day we were talking about our meal, which was a bet payoff from last year, 
Yeah. And you heard me say something about eating the leftovers. You were telling JVT. You guys, were, I can't remember what you were talking about, but all I know that stood out was you said, I was having um, leftovers, pasta. Yeah, the leftovers. Yeah, from my bet with that was Willie. On, so that was on, on the air on Tuesday. We went to dinner on Wednesday. Okay. Is there a problem with that? Leftovers six days later. Well, that's what's actually the seventh day because that would complete the week. But, okay. yeah, six days. But I, I just, I mean, well, first of all, I don't know how long I could let a, the place that we went to. I don't know how long I could let leftovers. From I had that a, place I sit. had a, I had a lot left over, but the thing is, I have a lot of leftovers. There's a rotation of leftovers all the time. That was actually for me. That was like a double portion lunch. So I had I had like the last. I had the second to last portion. I think on Monday, yeah. and then the final portion on Tuesday. But it, but you're right. I know people who are like, if two days goes by, they're not eating leftovers. You know what it was? I think that is not the household. I, I believe grew up you in. were talking about. Spaghetti or had a, or something that had to do with spaghetti? Would it have to do with spaghetti? Something? About I don't. Spaghetti? I don't know how we got there, but I just wanted to know if you're if you're anti seven days later eating leftovers. I just don't know. That I could I could have no. That it would if they would. La- the only thing that in my fridge that long would be something I could like. like if I make a bit, if I've meal prepped, yeah, and I've I've batched like steamed a bunch of rice, right? So so it's sitting there. So I have you know half a cup per serving, whatever. But as far like you remember, I had I had a big portion of pasta left over right. and then willie also let me take home the gabagool and the stinky pro alone so that so that was another that was another day yeah oh so i stretched it out that see, was like an appetizer before i made something for dinner see now that that part the antipasta i probably would have had that like with breakfast the next day really? i would have found a way to to make a nice breakfast with that yeah. um I've done that before, where like if I'm, especially if I go I to a nice, on the roasted red peppers and some eggs. If I go to a nice steakhouse, right, and I bring home, I will. That's automatically going to be steak and eggs the next. I mean, automatic the next day. And if it's a place that has the good bread, I'm getting, I'm good, getting a fresh. Bread. You know, they bring it out in the basket. Uh, I just tell them bring me a new one with the to go box, and I'm not taking this leftover There's bread. No shame in his game. I want yeah. a new loaf, yep. and then that becomes the toast. For the fried eggs, steak and eggs, whatever it may be, and the broccolini or whatever. And if it's like if there was garlic mashed, then we're going to stir that in a little oil, maybe crisp it, and that's going to be my breakfast potatoes. I feel like I owe you another like another small percentage of paying off the bet because I got the gabagool and the uh, the stinky provolone. I think you just... I might owe you a soup for lunch one day. You may just owe me in general just for being a nice I'm, guy. Well, that too, I guess. Yeah, you, you've, done, you've, done, you've done us some favors here in Cofield and Company. <laughs> Got a lot of meals due to people, huh? The, all the bets I lose, and Jesus. I was like, "Hey, you owe me for this." Well, the the greatest clip was was the promo, was the promo leading up to it after the Duke made it to the Final Four. Was just hearing you constantly say, "I'm not going to win another bet and not get paid for." I'm not going. And then, and then I lose. And then you lost. I was guaranteeing it, and I lost. Uh, ticket windows open. Doobie Brothers coming up. Planet Hollywood. This weekend, all the way through the 28th, we've got tickets for the 25th. It's an 8 o'clock show. Ticketmaster.com. Look into it. Doobie Brothers. We've got the tickets right now. Planet Hollywood Zappos Theater, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's Cofield & Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Continue what is uh, the celebration of the schedule release for the National Football League. We know the first two Raiders games, home opener week two, Arizona. Cardinals will be in town without 
DeAndre Hopkins because he's suspended for the first six games of the season. And the season opener is on the road in L.A. Chargers, right? Chargers, division rival. And immediately get back on the field after the end of the regular season last year was was uh, an amazing game that booted the Chargers from the playoffs and locked in the Raiders. Brad Powers is up with us. What's up, Brad? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, we're good. I want to get to the NFL in a couple of minutes and see you know what the schedule release does for you guys when you're handicapping and you know looking ahead to bet futures. But um, I ask you this all the time about you know what you're playing. If you're getting involved in other stuff, we know how heavy you are year-round research on college football do you dip into the nba at all oh yeah absolutely nba okay. playoffs well why not okay all right did you play anything tonight i played the under uh in the game going on right now okay. uh you know typically nba playoffs uh believe it or not you know at least recently and we're talking five six years unders favorites have been positive ev almost every single season it makes a lot of sense because and I'm talking blindly betting it uh, overall over the entire course of the playoffs. I mean, favorites are 60-plus percent the last six years and, you know, right around 54% for unders. And, and the reason it makes sense is, I mean, there is obviously in the last five, six years a big-time de-evaluation of the regular season. They just ain't that important. So, uh, you know, the, 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 why do favorites cover routinely in the playoffs? They got an extra gear or two that they didn't necessarily show in the regular season. And then why, why do unders cover more often than not? I mean, the games just mean more. There's more calculated offensive possession. There's increased uh, intensity on the defensive floor. So it uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and the books have not caught up to this. Yeah, Philly was favored going into the game against Miami. They're down five early in the second. It's 30-25. The, uh, I know in these two series, the run was for the favorites. Um, home teams, I'm sorry, not favorites. Home teams was 10-0 straight up and ATS. So that's a pretty amazing run for the uh, home teams in these two series. Yeah, and, and the home teams are okay. Uh, obviously, really strong so far in, in all the series, uh, at least this round. I mean, 15-4-1 uh, out of the 20 games so far, so that's not too bad. But, you know, don't overreact. That's a small sample. I mean, uh, first-round home teams are 18-25 and 25 against the spread. So home teams okay. haven't been as strong as the other ones. All right, good clarification there. Uh, a little college football before we get to the NFL. Uh, Brad's been watching, you know, all the spring games and putting out clips and, you know, uh, quick snippets on the team. And I, I saw a couple that were pretty interesting that you sent out this last week. Uh, Washington State has a transfer in, and I know you think he may be pretty good. I was thinking, you know, Gardner Minshew, um, you know, he went to Washington State after bouncing around a bunch, and he was a monster. How good is this guy from, what is it, Incarnate Word? Yeah, Incarnate Word, so he's FCS transfer. I'll say this. You mentioned Gardner Minshew. This kid's better than Gardner Minshew. He's got higher upside. Really? Uh, so he's a better athlete. Uh, in my opinion, got a better arm. Now he's not in his past happy, uh, at least well-known past happy as an offensive system. Now right. keep in mind, his head coach at Incarnate Word is now the offensive coordinator at Washington State. Ooh. So there's a lot of familiarity there. I think he'll be a household name by the end of the season. And would not be a bit surprised he's a guy we're talking about, sleeper, first, second-round type draft pick. That, that's the type of prospect I think he is. A sleeper in the first round. Wow. Yeah. That could be interesting. I may, maybe I need to start betting ahead on that, uh, whatever the number is going to be set at. Maybe you can bet it already. The, the over-under quarterback number in the first round I heard or saw – you know, Kuyper and McShay were going crazy saying, like, the number should be set at six-and-a-half quarterbacks in the first round. 
I, I don't think that's unreasonable, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, we just saw, I mean, basically it's two classes. I mean, because, I mean, this year's class, I mean, nobody took anything in the first couple rounds. I mean, we had what, what one guy. So um, I, I would not be a bit surprised we see a major run on quarterbacks this upcoming draft class. And that'll be good for, I mean, for the TV executives that were crying that the ratings were down and whatnot. Uh, here's, here's an early forecast. Ratings for the NFL draft next year will be way up. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be gigantic. Um, we were just talking Washington State, and I saw some odds for the uh, Pac-12 to win the Pac-12. Washington State, 33-1. to The favorite, you said all along, USC will be improved, but they may be a bit overrated. They're 2-1. to one. Are you changing with what they're bringing in on the transfer portal, and we'll see if they get the Pittsburgh kid. Have you changed your mind on, on USC in terms of being a little bit overrated by the numbers, by the betting numbers? No, I think they're overrated. And, again, I think they could be the most improved team in the country and still overrated. I mean, I'll give you an example. FanDuel released a bunch of college football spreads as far as individual games. USC's favored at Utah. At Utah. Uh, Utah, a team that I still think is top 10 caliber. Uh, still got plenty of returning experience from a Rose Bowl team. And he's laying three on the road. Keep in mind, in the Rose Bowl, Ohio State's you know, uh, right around a four or five-point favorite. Uh, on a neutral site, that, that actually Utah had a significant crowd advantage. So, I mean, right now, USC is getting priced like a borderline top five team, and that, I think, is ridiculous. So I'm selling USC, at least uh, where the market has them right now. Did you get a bet down at that three? Yep, I did. Yep, I Sounds... did. And I, I did bet Utah to win the Pac-12 again, second year in a row. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I know they're not sexy. Uh, but uh, they are way better than USC, right? I, I know USC's got all these transfers, but I don't see a lot of instant impact guys at the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively, and that's where Utah is strong. So, Brad, i got to ask you, because I remember right when the season ended, we talked that you might decompress for maybe 48 hours, 72 hours, and you'd start on next year's stuff, take a look, breaking it down. We're talking about Pac-12. Previously, we are talking about quarterbacks. From a local standpoint, the interest here in Vegas – UCLA 17-2 to on this tweet here uh, with these odds. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, your thoughts on the Bruins and your thoughts on the quarterback class next year and where he stands? Oh, I could see him. I don't think he's a first-round draft pick, but, I mean, I could see him going in the top three rounds. I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's got plenty of college tape. I'll put it that way. He's going to end up being basically almost a five-year starter when it's all said and done. The worry that I have about UCLA this year, I mean, a lot of inexperience around Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I mean, only seven total returning starters for the Bruins. They hit the transfer portal, but in my opinion, not a lot of instant impact guys. Maybe a wide receiver out of Duke by the name of Jake Bobo, six foot five kid that, that, that'll probably be an instant impact guy, but not a lot of difference makers in my opinion. I know you have Charbonnet at running back is pretty good, but I mean, the, the good thing for UCLA, though, how about the schedule, guys? I think it's the weakest out of any Power 5 team. They open up the season with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. So safe to say when they enter a Pac-12 play, the Bruins will be 3-0. and uh, You mentioned like in Utah, Utah's 5-1 to on this list to uh, win the Pac-12, so I assume you'd be on that. Um, I, I see Arizona State at plus 850. That seems high to me. Uh, it should be lower. I meaning like yeah. it should. I I I would price Arizona State in the thirty to thirty to forty one exactly. uh, type of odds. And yeah. you know, one of the season win totals I bet already. That's one of my favorite ones. I'll just say it right now, under seven and a half Arizona State. Uh, I mean, I don't think they have a winning record this year. Uh, I think it's a dumpster fire. This is a team that now is down to six returning starters. 
all the you know off the field issues. But look, they talked in the spring game about how the team continuity. You know, inside the locker room, there was a great pull, the best they've ever had under Irm Edwards. So I got all that talk about that watching the game, and then right before the transfer portal deadline, a bunch of their starters transferred. So to yep. me, that was nothing yep. but lip service. Arizona State this year. Yeah, I don't know how you have a new quarterback and then all new receivers because it seemed like every freaking receiver uh, bolted. Illinois is in a rebuild, um, but to me, it takes a little while to get to the brand of football that they want to play. Can they make a big leap forward? I know you were raving about what a defensive, a 360 pound defensive lineman and a quarterback. Uh, they went the transfer route again with Tommy DeVito, who I, I don't think is very good. <laughs> He looked okay, though, I mean, to be honest with you. I know he's not very good coming out of Syracuse, but, I mean, he looked okay. But, you know, I'll I'll pump my brakes because Illinois quarterback last year in the spring game looked good, Brandon Peters. So uh, maybe it's just the spring game. Uh, Look, I think stylistically, uh, Bielema, the head coach, fits very well with the Big Ten West. I still think he's a recruiting class or too short. But I, I will say this, watching them, I, I, I think they're capable of being in every game. Uh, I, I don't see anybody running away with the Big Ten West this year. And the way Illinois plays fits very well in with the styles of plays of the Nebraska's, the Wisconsin, the Iowa's of the world. Yeah, I think it takes two or three years to kind of build up uh, the power positions, you know, the, the big fellows, although you pointed out a 360-pounder. Yep. Um, on the NFL, so the schedule's out here. Um, do you do you look at the schedule, you know, coming out, you know, in just a couple minutes and then, Go hey, there's you know a couple of totals I like. Like, do you react to this pretty quickly? I don't believe it or not. I've actually bet a couple of season win totals already. Uh, look, I, I know where the games are actually placed in order have some sort of impact, but to me, I mean, we've already known who they're going to play. To me, you know, when, when people do the schedule breakdowns and like the overall uh, mileage traveled for the teams, and I see like the Pittsburgh Steelers don't play a single game outside the Eastern time zone this year, to me that's the type of stuff I'm looking to take advantage of. So when I see a team like Pittsburgh with that, I think I'm going to be a little bit more bullish on the Steelers. Uh, And I'm going to sell a team like the Seahawks that play in 34 different time zones uh, when you add them all up throughout the course of the season. So that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at. But, but, But on the service, guys, how much can a season win total in the NFL be off? I mean, half a win. Maybe at the you know your best bet's going to be off a win. Right. I'm here to tell you in the at different casinos right now in college football, there are teams being priced a game and a half different just wow. if you're shopping around for season win totals. <laughs> there you go. Got to shop the numbers. Uh, last one. What's going on with uh, your? Uh, it's a weekly podcast, right? You're doing uh, Bet Prep US. Yeah, so we will break down and see the NFL schedule. We're going to have to do uh, an entire podcast breakdown, me, Steve Fezzik, a bunch of guys. Uh, we'll break it down. We'll probably get out a couple season win goal bets. I'll give one out right now. I, you know, I don't like to overreact to the NFL draft, but you know, the Jets over five and a half, that's a team that decidedly got better. I mean, they drafted, in my opinion, four starters. <laughs> you don't get that usually in the NFL draft. So Jets over if you can find five and a half. Brad, you're awesome. Uh, follow him on Twitter, folks. I'm telling you, the information's there all the time, and it's year-round. It's football, football, football. At Brad Powers 7, go right to the website, bradpowersports.com. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Schedule's coming out, NFL, in just a couple of minutes. We'll get a, a real look here at the entire Raiders schedule. If you missed it, they are going to open, because they did put out week one. They are going to open on the road 
against the Chargers, and then week two, home opener here, is against the Cardinals. And we got some uh, transaction moves with the rookies drafted, some quarterback moves. So lots of Raiders talk coming up in 5 o'clock hour from Silver 7s.